Minuit, chrétien, c'est l'heure solennelle où l'homme Dieu descendit jusqu'à nous. This is Father David Nix on the Padre Perino podcast. Pour effacer la tâche originelle et de son père arrêter le coup. And this is the Sunday Sermon Series, Season 1, Episode 1, for 2023. I know it's a little early for O Holy Night, but we will hear the connection in the readings. Now for the Epistle and the Gospel of the first Sunday of the year in our traditional Latin Mass. Romans chapter 13, verses 11 to 14 in the Douay Rimes Bible. Brethren, understand, for it is now the hour for us to rise from sleep, because now our salvation is nearer than when we came to believe. The night is far advanced, the day is at hand. Let us therefore lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light, Let us walk becomingly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in debauchery and wantonness, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's good to be with you for my Sunday sermon series. This will be a little bit different from my VLX and RCT and CPX insofar as you're only going to find this on audio, that is Apple Podcasts or whatever you're using for your Android, or you can also access this from my blog but it will not be on YouTube or Rumble or BitChute. We will hopefully have 52 sermons for Sundays of 2023 beginning this weekend. We will be using the traditional Latin Mass readings. Might miss a couple weekends due to retreat. But again, hopefully this will be every Sunday, and I will have this up in the United States on Saturday evening. That's about 9 p.m. in London on Saturday nights. And for the few listeners in places like the Philippines, it will be just in time for your early Sunday morning Mass. Of course, this Sunday sermon series will not be a replacement for Mass. I think you all know that. But my goal in having this up on Saturday evening, at least in the United States, is you know, to have people who are doing dishes be able to prepare for Sunday Mass the next day. Maybe hear a sermon then. Maybe if you drive a long way to the traditional Latin Mass, you can hear this sermon there or back. You know, a lot of traditional Latin Mass priests, they often have a series that's based on the catechism. That's actually the traditional way of preaching. And I bless all those Latin Mass priests out there who have a catechetical series. But I'm going to be preaching on the readings of the day. So that's one reason I don't think this will be a competition. I certainly hope you listen to your traditional Latin Mass priests out there because they have very great sermons. This is just a supplement on my thoughts. Again, maybe you can listen to this while doing dishes Saturday night or driving to Mass. Some of you go to the Novus Ordo and you are just interested in the traditional Latin Mass readings. So we will always start each one of these Sunday sermon series with the Epistle and the Gospel for the Latin Mass. As most of you don't know, the Novus Ordo has three cycles. In the Latin Mass, the traditional Roman Rite, there's just one cycle for the whole year. You may have heard the music bumpers at the beginning. They usually will not be this long, but it fits with today. O Holy Night was first written by a Frenchman named Placide Capot. And what you're hearing at both the beginning and the end of today's podcast is called Minuit Chrétien, or It's Midnight Christians. Again, that's by Placide Capot. It is sung for LibriVox by some French women in the public domain, but I'll still link it in the show notes. It comes from a YouTube channel called Short Stories Café. We will look at that towards the end of this podcast, the original French by Placide Capot, which later became A Holy Night in English. So let's first look at the Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans. As most of you know, 
it's astonishing, it really is astonishing that the Catholic Church expects us to digest both comings of Christ every single Advent, especially, especially beginning this first Sunday of the year. As most of you know, the two arrivals of Christ are first, that coming in gentleness as a baby in the manger, and then the second coming of Christ, all time will stop. We heard at the end of the liturgical year, just a week or two ago, for as lightning cometh out of the east and appeareth even into the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. You know, that is Jesus Christ's own description of his glorious return. All time on earth will stop. Everyone on earth will either go to heaven or hell. There will be no more purgatory for those on earth. They will not go to purgatory, in other words. And those in purgatory, will, they will go to heaven. They are guaranteed heaven, those in purgatory. But when Christ returns for the few in sanctifying grace on this planet, why won't they have to go to purgatory? Well, the fathers say our purgatory will have been here on earth for enduring that final persecution and the great apostasy. What is the great apostasy? I remind you again that may not be people leaving Catholic churches as much as leaving the traditional Catholic faith, even as they still claim to be Catholic. You know, one of the ways I sometimes walk through a downtown street or see people in a church or in a stadium, I often wonder, what if there were a timer above their heads? Now with the amount of years that they have, that might be too hard to digest as far as small numbers. Maybe not as small as seconds, because that would be too many. What if we could look above everyone's head and see how many weeks they had still on this planet? Do you realize God knows that number for each one of us? Every one of us has a limited amount of weeks still on this earth. Could you imagine walking into a church or a stadium or walking in downtown Manhattan and looking around and seeing that number above everyone's heads? How you would want to tell certain people, even young people maybe that had a number of 5 or 17 or 22, you will meet God soon. St. Paul wrote today in Romans 13, Our salvation is nearer than when we came to believe. So, you know, whether we are approaching our own particular judgment, that is, what happens right after each one of us goes into cardiac arrest, or the general judgment, there will be a final generation of Christians on the planet who will not die, but will see Christ return, and he will bring everyone on earth to heaven or hell. Well, whether that's our particular judgment or the general judgment, we do have to realize that our salvation is nearer than when we came to believe. Yeah, we all hear a lot of sermons every Advent to get ready for Christ's second coming, but the fact is we are one year closer. Even if there are people out there who got tired of prepping and doomsday preaching and everything else, even if you're ready to poo-poo that, you got to realize you are closer to seeing Christ than you were last year. But instead of using fear in this sermon, I want to encourage you I want to tell you this as you consider this line, our salvation is nearer than when we came to believe. What if you wanted to make the best of every day from now on, not out of fear, but out of love of God? We heard in Romans 13, 14 today, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean, put ye on, since it's in the Dewey Rhymes, and we're going to be doing the Dewey Rhymes in this Sunday sermon series? Well, the Greek there is endusaste. Endusaste is literally get dressed with. Can you imagine that? Get dressed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Put him on as garments. Have you ever thought of that? What does it mean? Well, it means put on the armor of light. 
The Latin is spectacular here. Arma lucis. That is also in today's epistle. It is just nine letters in Latin can convey those weapons of light, arma lucis. So you get dressed in the Lord Jesus Christ by putting on that arma lucis, the weapons of light, not weapons of darkness, but weapons of light as we get ready for this new year. For Paul says, let us therefore lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. How many of you woke up in 2020, you know, two years ago, how many of you woke up to see really what was going on in the world, in the church, in the state? How many of us had been deceived? Well, this is the readings today, encouraging you to keep waking up, to see that all that the world, the flesh, and the devil has for us is deceit, and what Christ and traditional Catholicism have for us is truth. Most of you realize that Advent begins a new liturgical year, but that's not just a Catholic party word game trick. This new year starts now, so now is the time to put on these weapons of light in very practical ways. One suggestion, most of you probably saw this coming, is confession. You know, confession is truly the way to start over. And if God forgives us all of our sins that we confess in confession, then we also have to forgive ourselves. Also, let's look at forgiveness. You've heard me say before that forgiveness is a one-way street, reconciliation is a two-way street, but really what I mean by that is Reconciliation requires two people, but forgiveness only requires one person, and that is you. There may be people from your past that, to reconcile with you, have to make commensurate apologies. I mean, if they really messed your life up, they actually have to um, make an apology that is commensurate or equal to that in some sense. Obviously, no one can fully make up for uh, what they've done. That's where Jesus has carried that on the cross and we're called to forgive. However, when there are people in our lives who've done extreme damage and can only give a passing apology or not a real apology, we're not really required, at least as far as Christian boundaries go, and we're going to go into that a little bit later in some future sermons of mine or TCE series, we're not required to trust people who have lost our trust. But we should not conflate reconciliation with forgiveness. And this is where, even if someone has never apologized for a very grave offense in your life, you can still forgive them. You can release that poison from your heart. And so that is where forgiveness is an extremely important part of this new year. Also, let's talk about the body. Start your exercise resolutions this weekend, not the 1st of January. Start your eating resolutions this weekend, not the 1st of January. Release those people who had harmed you last year so you can start a new year, not for their freedom, but for your freedom. We must be gentle to welcome the first coming of Christ in the manger, and we must be bold to face the second coming of Christ. Yes, you heard me correctly, because St. John the Beloved wrote, in this is the charity of God perfected with us that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, we also are in this world. That's 1 John 4, 17. Confidence in the day of judgment. Literally in the Latin there, that is boldness in the day of judgment. Fiducium in die judici. Boldness on the day of judgment. Now that's not presumption. Why? It's because we trust in his mercy and mercy implies repentance on our part and confession. But that day of Christ's return, that will be a terrible day for those who are enemies of Christ. 
Which is exactly why, if you are his friend, by following his commandments, you should have boldness, not arrogance, but boldness for that last day on earth, the day of the Lord, which is closer than it was last year. Again, that timer above your head of how many weeks to go before you see Jesus face to face, either through cardiac arrest or the second glorious coming of Christ, that timer is 52 weeks shorter than last year. We heard in the gospel today, then they will see the Son of Man coming upon a cloud with great power and majesty. Who's they? That's everyone on earth, whether they're saved or not, whether they're living in sanctifying grace or they are the enemies of Christ. What a terrible day that will be for the enemies of Christ to see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with great power and majesty. Ah, but for Christ's friends, Jesus says the next line, but when these things begin to come to pass, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption is at hand. You have to ask yourself, are you ready when Christ returns to look up, lift up your heads and see your redemption at hand? You know, the world in the first century, it's a lot like the world today, old and weary. Now, some people out there might say, well, that that just describes every period of, of world history. No, it doesn't. I would say the age of Orthodox fathers was young and vibrant. The Middle Ages were much more childlike than the Enlightenment curmudgeons would have you believe. The great missionary centuries of the 16th, 17th, 18th century, these had pagans embracing Christ and Catholicism without apology. But now, in the 21st century, much like the first century, we are lost. We are lost without leaders or prophets, much like the Jews and the Romans of the first century. And yet, it is in the darkness that the greatest light shines. That is why Christ was born literally on the 25th of December, Yes, in the Northern Hemisphere, barely, yes, Israel is in the Northern Hemisphere, where it was darkest and coldest that week, at least compared to all the other 51 weeks. So this song, Minuit Chrétienne, just means Midnight Christians. I translate it as, it is Midnight Christians. One of the amazing lines in that is, Le monde entier tressaille d'espérance. Le monde entier tressaille d'espérance. The entire world thrills with hope. And another line I love there was, L'amour unit ceux qu'enchaîner le fer. Love unites those who restrain the sword. That was written by a Frenchman. I assume he was Catholic. Holy Knight was translated probably by a Protestant. It was this great line, a thrill of hope. The world, the weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Yes, we are right now in a very, very weary world. But Christ makes all things new. Embrace him in a new humility. Embrace him in a new boldness. Embrace him with new practical resolutions this weekend. Again, from Minuit Chrétien, this line, Le monde entier tressaille d'espérance. The entire world thrills with hope. And St. Thomas Aquinas defines hope. Hope is leaning on God so as to attain God. Supernatural hope is leaning on God so as to attain God, because he is the only one that can bring us to himself. And that is what Advent is about. It's this silence, which is the eye of the hurricane for Christ who comes first to conquer in love and later to conquer by power. Let us be found his friends in love so we can one day share in his power. And we will finish with that beautiful song, O Holy Night, as it was originally in the French Minuit chrétien. Comme autrefois, une étoile brillante y conduisait les chefs de l'eau.
Le roi des rois naît dans une humble crèche, puissant du jour, fier de votre grandeur. Chanteur 